The homelessness situation in Canada and Alberta and Edmonton and Calgary and local, national, all levels of government have been dealing with and coming up with proposed strategies to try and make things better. Edmonton City Council was recently given a list of 48 recommendations. There's a lot in there and they say they're, they're working on it. They're, they're working on it. In Ottawa yesterday, Marie-Jose Uhl, who is Canada's housing advocate, released her report on the situation. She too had a lot of things in this report, a lot of different pieces. Um, one one of the things that I think has caught a lot of attention is encampments. What do we do with encampments? And she specifically mentioned what happened in this province. You remember we've talked a lot about what happened in Edmonton when it came to the closure of some of the quote-unquote high-risk encampments. She says that shouldn't happen. We must end forced evictions from encampments, suggesting quote, alternatives that are designed following meaningful engagement with encampment residents. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure. But we're going to speak with Robert Noche, who is a lawyer, partner at Miller Thompson Lawyers, former city councillor, deals with real estate, deals with housing, uh, and uh, delighted he has time to join us today. Hi, Robert. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, help me out with this report and what you, what you make of it. Um, the overarching premise here, the starting point uh, to Canada and the provinces, we all have to buy into the concept, and I think you know internationally we have, um, that housing is a basic human right. That's her starting point, right? Yes, absolutely. But what's interesting about this report, it's like deja vu all over again. Do you, do you realize back in 2009... Uh, the city of Edmonton uh, put forward a report that called uh, the, to end homelessness within 10 years. 15 years later, we are still dealing with homelessness. Yep. Back in 06, the homeless count in Edmonton, uh, back in 08, sorry, the homeless count in Edmonton was 3,079. The point is, when I read the federal report, yep. when I read the federal report, there's nothing new there. If it was that simple, Shay, we would have fixed this 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And then you also have to remember another key piece here. There are going to be further legal challenges in, in the approach that municipalities yeah. take uh, with homelessness, and specifically encampments. Remember, the court did not deal with the merits of the recent court challenge, uh, and, and so we don't really know what the courts here in Alberta will do and how they'll respond to encampments, because the, 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 the case failed because the party that brought the action did not have proper standing. Proper standing, We're not, yeah. Right. So the merits the merits of the case were never dealt with by the court. But if you look at some of the cases that the courts have dealt with homelessness issues, it's clear that there is a respect uh, and a duty for municipalities to deal with this in a humane way. And and you're right, you identified international, there are a number of international human rights rights instruments yep. that Canada is a party to, that we are bound by through and and should consider when we're applying the law so i don't think this issue is dead i i don't think the 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 attempt by council to fix it will end it uh they will uh, definitely provide some guidance and council has to do something they called an emergency so they now have to be seen to be doing something so there's there's a lot more here at play and and we haven't seen the end of it yet now as somebody who's worked down at city hall and sort of dealt 
dealt with the different levels of government. One thing she did say that I think has some merit to it. I don't know if it's workable, though. In her report, she says there needs to be a national strategy because this isn't unique to any one municipality or even one minute, one province. So she wants to see the federal government. She says they're the only ones with the, the wherewithal to make this happen. Come up with a response plan to encampments by August 31st. One, though, that brings all levels of government to the table as well as stakeholders. Those was lived experience. Uh, in theory, I think it sounds great, but it seems pretty unwieldy to me. What do you think in terms of an August 31st national strategy with all of these players at the table? Impossible to achieve because, again, encampments are not new. And you simply go back 15 years with the 2009 report uh, by the city of Edmonton to end homelessness within 10 years. And even before that, when I was on council, uh, my colleague, Jim Taylor, who was a city councillor for the downtown area, uh, partnered with Gene Swazdesky, who was an MLA under the Klein government, and they put together a committee to end homelessness. And that report came out in either 1999 or 2000, and they too were going to end homelessness within 10 years. That didn't happen. So there have been attempts to partner with other orders of government. And again, I think people um, believe that there are very simple solutions. They're not. And because if there were simple solutions, uh, again, um, we would have fixed this a long time ago. People do care. People do care, and I know that. The problem is, is that there's no quick fix. And and again, I think we're going to see. Um, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're going to see if we, if the city of Edmonton takes uh, that stand again to remove encampments. I think we're going to see. Uh, a court challenge again, but but this time they'll pick a party that actually has proper standing to challenge what what the municipality is doing. Help me with that, because, I mean, if we listen to what uh, Ool had to say yesterday, she talked about encampments. This is what she said. Well, these are human rights violations. Um, that approach will only endanger lives. That approach will erode the trust that people have in the systems that are supposed to be built help them and support them. So she's saying no more forced evictions from the encampments. And like you say, there could still be legal challenges that we have to deal with the merits of those legal challenges. Ultimately, do we get to a point where these encampments, I, I can't see it, are seen as something, it's reasonable, it's, I mean, I, we can't call it a solution. Where do we end up with this? Well, and, and therein lies the problem. So I remember a case back in 05 in the city of Victoria. Um, it's the Adams decision. And, and the city of Victoria, of course, um, prohibited uh, the erection of temporary shelters or encampments. And, of course, a group of people took the uh, city of uh, Victoria to court to argue that, among other things, their charter rights were being uh, infringed upon the, because they, they argued that the, the, the homeless people are entitled to uh, life, liberty, and security of the person, and, and removing these encampments um, did not uh, achieve that, in fact, breached their charter rights. And, and the court went through a detailed analysis of their charter rights and determined that they do have charter rights. And so the city of Victoria ultimately figured out, okay, we're going to allow you to set up shop in our parks, but we're going to put hours. And, and, and so they, they tried to come up with creative ways to say, all right, our parks are open from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., so you can encamp there, but after 10 p.m. you have to leave. So, again, that's not the game you want to play no, no. with people, trying to figure out how to beat them. That's, that's not a solution. And, again, too, uh, the court process can and will be used um, to help people 
navigate through this. Again, it was it was interesting to see the court application. It was interesting to see the arguments uh, that the group was were uh, were raising at court, but we never got into them because the court ultimately decided uh, that that they did not have standing. And what that really means for people who are saying, what does that mean? You don't have standing. Well, that simple. Let me give you a simple example. I can't sue you, Shay, for a breach of contract between you and Charlie Brown. I'm not connected in any way okay. between that contract. Be a party to it somehow. Right, exactly. So if I go to court to sue you because you breached your agreement with Charlie Brown, the court's going to say, well, Robert, what well, are you, you doing here? Yeah. You, you have no standing. And and the court said to this to this group, we're not saying your merit that your arguments don't have merits. We're not going to even hear your arguments because you shouldn't even be here because gotcha. you're not allowed in the door. So I suspect, I suspect the, the the lawyers and others who are were involved in that case are going to work a little harder to find someone or a group or a, an entity, a group that would have standing to make these same arguments. Because, quite frankly, um, the courts will be engaged because what we saw, well, you know, it's not humane to see people live in no, that condition. No, it's not. And then the flip side, though, too, um, you know, the other argument, and this is in the city of Victoria, the, the community made the argument the saying, well, I shouldn't have to live by that. Yeah, so they're competing interests. Yeah. And, and therein lies the problem. And then ultimately the courts have to figure out which interests matter more. Uh, Robert, unfortunately, we are out of time. We'll do this again. Uh, great chat. Thanks so much.